Hello, everyone, and welcome. Chrissy Morrissey with you again, and a big thank you for joining us. Lots to talk about today as we unpick the human services sector. What is it and what are the career opportunities in the human services sector? And I can tell you the career opportunities are pretty expansive. In fact, Australia will need to find 250,000 workers for this sector in the next 10 years, with many of the roles to be filled by young people. So as well as looking to give advice on human services, what is it, where are the jobs, what skills do you need and where do you get them, we'll also be discussing a partnership with Year 13, which is called Positive Humanity. And our guest expert for this topic is the very passionate Jodie Schmidt, CEO of Human Services Skills Organisation, referred to as HSSO. Now, Jodie has an extensive knowledge of the vocational education and training sector, that's the VET sector, um, experience in the human services sectors, and is a very passionate speaker on careers and opportunities in this sector. Welcome to you. Thanks, Christine. It's great to be here. Now, we are hearing about this huge growth of the human services sector. Let's start by explaining what is human services? Well, human services is uh, service industries, obviously, that uh, are engaged in delivering uh, a range of uh, services, I guess, to uh, individuals, aged care, disability, veterans affairs and veterans care, allied health, youth and community care, and early childhood education and care. So in essence, any of those things that help individuals to live full lives, to improve their lives and to uh, provide service to community. So what kind of areas then are this, are you going to see big jobs growth in the next 10 years in? Yeah, so we're at a point in time in the labour market where healthcare and social assistance has been the largest contributor to labour growth since the 1990s. And there's a clear reason for that. Uh, our ageing population, changing view around how we live and what's important to us uh, in terms of families, the way in which we relate to each other. And of course, the pandemic's brought a, a new reality to us that what's important to us is purpose and a, and a range of things around how we live and relate to other people. And when we look to the forward profile of growth, the largest, the largest growth in the labour market for the next five years at least, and, and right the way through to 2050, is in these sectors alone. They're also the jobs that won't be automated. They're the jobs that will need people to be able to be helping other people for the longest period of time. And therefore, we're seeing huge growth as we have things like the National Disability Insurance Scheme, more and more people over the age of 65 needing assistance and home care services and other factors like that. Jodie, you'd laugh. I did an interview many years ago when I was with the ABC and it was with someone on automation and they were talking about jobs, particularly in the aged care sector. And one of the, the automation prospects they could see at the time was having robots that would do people's hair, wash their hair, so that the services industry people could do other jobs that were more helpful. And I thought, I can never see that happening. It's not so far out of the realm of possibility. There are companion robots for a range of things. Whether they yeah. shampoo hair, I think, is yet to be seen. But certainly there are um, technology enhancements that will kind of help, but at the end of the day it will be people assisting people that will continue, and the demographers are very clear on that. Can you tell me about your partnership with Year 13, which is the Positive Humanity Project? What's that about? 
Absolutely. So if we look at the current age profile of the workforce in these sectors, they're well represented across most of the age categories, but they're underrepresented in the younger categories. So the 19 to 24 or even 15 to 24 as people start to work earlier, particularly in casual and part-time jobs. And they're also underrepresented in the 45 and above category. And our job is to try and stimulate demand and raise awareness for the jobs that are available in this in these sectors. And so we've partnered with U13, which is uh, a technology platform started by some young people who found that when they finished school, there wasn't a there wasn't the dearth of information that perhaps there was years ago around what your career opportunities were, what your educational opportunities are, to help young people to make decisions about what they might want to do. Is this, so a national, is this a national platform? It's a national platform. In fact, it has 1.6 million young people who are subscribers to the uh, platform and over 800 schools, or more than that actually, probably thousands of schools at this point in time, there's 800 schools that have engaged with us. Uh, nearly every registered training organisation and university provide information there and enables young people to get a good picture of what their options are. What we've done is put together an academy that raises awareness around the job opportunities in the health and human services sector and shines a light on the different and broad things that you could um, stimulate your interest as a young person thinking about what you'd like to do uh, in your career. So what are the opportunities for young people in this sector then? So, and what are some of the job benefits? So what people don't know is that there's a such a range, a wide range of jobs from, you know, the ones that people would know about from uh, nursing roles and allied health roles like physiotherapists and occupational therapists and speech therapists that participate in the human services, community services workers. But there's also a range of others uh, from domestic support to general leisure coordination to art art facilitation to gardening and landscaping and a range of services that can be provided to individuals who need them, whether that's people with a disability, people who are ageing or general demand uh, in early childhood education and care, for instance, and that lots of those skills are transferable and able to create a, a pathway and a career for individuals that stimulates their interests. The other thing that the sector offers is purpose, right? Post-pandemic, we kind of know that purpose is more important to us than ever before. And flexibility and security are the things that are recorded in research that we want in our work into the future. And we've learnt that perhaps in the, around the way work's changing and where it fits in our lives, but also as a result of the impact of COVID. So, Jodie, what has your research told you about why young people are perhaps hesitant to get involved in this sector? Yeah, so what was really interesting is that we kind of measured how many young people as a percentage were interested in health and human services, and it was around the 25 to 30% mark. And if we raised awareness around what the opportunities were, did it change? And we saw about a 10% shift in people being more interested when they had a greater set of understanding. But when we asked what the challenges were to them executing and, and starting to really pursue that, what they said is it was the fear of the responsibility of looking after other people. More than 60% of young people doubted themselves in terms of whether they could take on that responsibility, which I think is something that could be easily addressed. You know, the building of confidence, we all in our first jobs probably are concerned about the confidence of being successful. And if we're taking responsibility for other people, 
as a young person, when you think about it, it's pretty logical. But certainly in terms of education and training, that's something I think could be addressed for those people. Mainly in relation to looking after older people or is it across the board with ages? We didn't really um, go in depth to that, but I expect it's probably the general responsibility that you take as a young person um, for somebody else's well-being. So I would say that it's about it's not necessarily about old people, although that might be intimidating for some young people if you haven't had the opportunity. But we find that in many instances, you know, most of us have lived experience of some to some extent, and you'll see often, uh, and we're seeing that on TV, uh, the impact that young people and and older people uh, convening together and having social activity is both beneficial to both groups. Yeah, so what are some of the personal qualities then you need to work in these areas? Who's best suited? Is there, is there a best fit? Well, I think, you know, if you look at the research, the things that employers are looking for is uh, kind of dependency skills. Are you going to turn up for work on time? Are you going to be there when the service needs to be delivered? Uh, and are you going to make decisions that are values-based and do the right thing generally? But if you go, if you work in, in the sector, you know, often the attributes that we're looking for is a positive attitude and, en- and energy, positive attitude about working and understanding the ethics of working is important, mm-hmm. some kind of growth uh, mindset, the willingness to take on challenges, uh, to problem solve. I think problem solving is an important part of this. Of course, passion for the sector and compassion for other individuals is important. What do you mean by passion for the sector? What is that? It's a broad so statement. want to help other people, okay. you know. Yep. Uh, you, you know, the, the, someone who gains benefit and sees positivity in helping other people. And then other things like strong moral principles, honesty and, and being respectful, being supportive and encouraging and, and generally wanting to have relationships with other people. I guess if you don't like spending time with other people, Possibly not the job for you. Possibly not the job. Okay, so we want people that want to engage. So where can we look for, once we've identified ourselves as a potential candidate for a role in this sector, where can we actually look for more information on skills and the qualifications that are needed? What sort of qualifications do you need? You need to get in there. There's a range of ways in which you can pathway into these uh, into these jobs. There are a number of jobs that are, you know, what would be called unskilled. You don't need any qualifications to go along. And, you know, places like the YMCA have jobs for young people uh, and or students that uh, start with uh, perhaps doing out-of-school hours care, working with people with a disability, young people, uh, and then moving into aged care and other services. But the general qualifications are Certificate 3 qualifications uh, from the vocational education and training sector, whether it be in allied health or health practitioners or uh, individual support, which will be a short six to nine month program that teaches you the skills that you need in order to do these jobs. And those programs often then uh, articulate or enable you to move on to higher level qualifications, Certificate 4s in community services, and a range of different pathways where uh, what appeals to you as an individual is where you could pursue, which could lead you to social work, psychology, allied health, nursing, a range of pathways. 
Jodie, are you finding that people are actually having to outlay a lot of money for these courses or do you perhaps have employees who are saying, love you, love the qualities about you, I'm prepared to put you through these courses? Well, I think the first thing you need to understand is that um, in this country, you have an eligibility for a government-supported place to the Cert three level and then a government-supported place to an undergraduate level with some contribution to HECS with an income contingent loan. So the cost of the training is often not the prohibitive factor. It's the understanding of the uh, occupation that you might head to and how you go about doing that. And having people around these young people who can give them that advice that we found in the research is one of the barriers. And of course, that's why we're trying to address that, to make it clear what the pathways and options are, what the type of attributes that that young people might have that would make them and give them reward. And we're increasingly profiling and videoing and in the academy it shows that other young people who've been through this experience and how they came to be undertaking these jobs and how they feel about uh, the satisfaction they have have from those jobs helps young people to relate to each other and Mm. we think that that produces better outcomes. I think you might be right. Jodie, thanks so much for sharing us with your insights and the opportunities and the diversity of opportunities in the human services industry. Certainly a a broad scope, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people look at it at the aged care sector and the the disability sector, but you outlined a whole heap of possibilities at the start there. Too true. And uh, I'd encourage people to go and take a look, put into the Google Positive Humanity Year 13. It'll come up and run you through some online programs that talk to you young people talking to young people about what the opportunities are uh, and what might be out there for you. Great advice, Jodie. Thanks so much for joining us today and thanks everyone else for joining us today as well. We'll speak to you next time. Goodbye.